bow our heads for prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, in gifting us with your Son, our Savior, you remind us that that Christ suffered on the cross for our sins, that he took our place and received the punishment that we deserve. And yet in love, you remind us that we have been buried with Christ in the waters of baptism and raised with Christ to new life, to live for him in this world and no longer for ourselves. Lord, we, we've heard the words and we know what it means. We struggle with it. And we pray, help us. Help us to live each day, not for ourselves, but for you. Open our ears to hear, our hearts to understand, and our lives to live for Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. That's what Paul writes. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Wow. We've heard the words before. St. Paul's letter to the Colossians isn't the only place where we hear words along those lines. Jesus himself says them in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. When he reminds us that our earthly possessions are those things where thieves break in and steal and where rust and moths consume, that they are but temporary things. Yet we think about how much of our life we spend chasing after or acquiring the temporary things. Our Old Testament lesson today describes that way of living as vanity. Vanity. It paints that picture of someone who spends their life acquiring only to see that he dies and others enjoy the fruit of his labors. Jesus himself references the same thing of a man whose crops are so overflowing that he builds bigger barns to store it all up. And then he says this, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. When you think about it, maybe not quite those words, but that's what we spend a lot of our life doing. Acquiring, storing up, so that somehow when we reach that magical age of retirement, we can relax, 
Eat, drink, be merry. That somehow life will have earned its rewards. We all look at it that way, I think. When do we understand what Jesus is saying? You see, the text is really telling us that we need to understand that the things that we have are but gifts from God and that we are called to be stewards of them and in being stewards of them to focus on Christ. To focus on the things that God calls us to do and certainly he can bless us with a multitude of things in this world and that's nothing to be embarrassed about but rather than serving ourselves with those things we are to always seek God and say Lord how can I better serve you? How can I better serve the world in which you have called me to live? That's always the challenge. I gotta be honest. When we moved here way back and I was here earlier, but let's just say April of 2008. We put some boxes into the garage. Some of those boxes have remained unopened. After dealing with my in-law's house, after the death of my mother-in-law earlier this year, Linda and I came home resolved to downsize all of the stuff. After watching my father-in-law sitting in his lazy boy as we are carrying things out of the house and he's watching his whole life disappear before him, get ready, Sally, it's not easy. You begin to understand that it's just stuff. And we spend our lives grabbing holding on to the stuff. Because so many times we are self-focused, not Christ-focused. I think about how many times some of that stuff could have benefited other people, but we couldn't let go. It's as if we don't always hear the words that we are 
praying on a weekly basis when we say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and yet we often live as my will be done, and Lord, I'll take care of your will with the leftovers of my life. If I have the time, if I have the resources, if I have the energy, if I have the will. Set your minds on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's an interesting line. What Paul is referring to is what he says elsewhere and what Christ himself alludes to is the fact that we are crucified with Christ into his death. That we die to sin and we rise again to the righteousness that is ours in Christ Jesus to live in this world no longer for ourselves but for him who died for us. And so when Christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Here's the tough words. Words that we don't want to hear about because, you see, they're words that remind us of our own sinful nature. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them away. And along with them... Put away all anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie. Wow. What's he saying? In a very simple way, he's simply saying, walk the talk. If you're going to identify as being a follower of Jesus Christ as a Christian, then live like a follower of Jesus Christ and not like the world. And we know it's no easy thing to simply flip a switch and say, I'm going to live perfectly. No, we can't do that. We struggle with our sinful nature all the time. The key is, is to recognize it. When we fall, see ourselves thinking about sexual immorality or impurity or passion or evil desire or, or when our heart becomes covetousness, when we begin to covet those things that pull us away from God, recognize them right away. And like Peter who was drowning when he was walking on the water, cry out, Lord, save me. Turn to Christ, for he is the one who has the power to destroy evil. He is the one who has the power to turn our hearts back to him and to keep us focused on him. Too often we are, as we might say, sucked into the things of the world we find ourselves ensnared and entrapped by them. Sometimes we're too embarrassed to come to God and say, save me. 
help me. Somehow we are blinded by the devil himself to think that because I've lived a life so far apart from him for so long that he wouldn't love me anymore. That he doesn't want me. That I am irredeemable. We buy into those lies of the devil when Christ is there saying, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. When Christ invites even the worst of sinners to repent and to believe in him. Yes, we will struggle with the sinful nature it is the reality of the bodies into which we are born, this sinful flesh, and we will struggle with it until that day when we draw our last breath and our Lord calls us home to heaven. The good that we would do that we find ourselves not doing, we know the words. And yet, no matter how we live and what we do or where we've been and what we've said, we have a Savior who still calls us to repentance because, you see, He loves us. We are never at that point where we are unlovable. He formed us. He created us. And he sent his son to die for us. Because as Nevaeh reminded us earlier, he loves us more than the universe. That's a lot of love. And in that love, he calls us to give up our selfish way of living to turn the focus from our own lives and our own hearts and focus on him. And when we're focused on him, as he reminds us again in this sermon, all these things shall be added unto you. That our hearts change. We see the world in a different way. We begin to see the needs of others and we give of ourselves to care for them. To see the world through the eyes of Christ is to see not the wrong in people, but rather to see the value in people. That no matter where they're at or where they've come from, that Christ sees value in them because he died for them. And so we put away all of these things and we begin to focus on God. We put on the new self which is ours in the waters of baptism where he has washed us clean and made us whole and called us to live in the renewed image of Christ and in his knowledge. To understand that in Christ we are freed and that Christ is all. He's everything. He's everything. For without Christ, we have no hope. But with Christ, we have hope. And we have life. A life worth living. And that's important. I saw a poll this last week. 
and it saddened me. It's a simple poll taken from young people ages 19 to 29. And it asked them a simple question. Does your life have any value worth living? 85% answered no. Think about that. 85% of young people ages 19 to 29 see no value in their life and see no worth. You know what that tells me? It tells me that we, as a church, have failed our young people. That we haven't communicated the value that Christ gives to, to them that we haven't communicated the worth that they have, the value that they have in his eyes. It tells me that we have a generation of people who feel unloved, unwanted, unappreciated. My friends, we have our work cut out for us. A work that says, you know what? I got to know that life isn't about me anymore. It's about loving people. It's about sharing Christ. It's about reminding them that they have a creator and a redeemer who loves them. It's about reminding people that they've been raised with Christ. And that in Christ, death has no hold. My friends, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get to work. And let's share the hope and the joy that we can have in Christ. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen. Before we stand for the creed, Let me say one more thing. And I want to say it because I really couldn't figure out where I wanted to stick it into the sermon. So, <clears throat> our world needs the message of Christ more than anything. If you've all heard the news, two horrible mass shootings within 24 hours one in Ohio, in Dayton and the other one in El Paso, just south of us. We want to blame all sorts of things. Politicians jump on it, want to blame this or that, the guns are not lack. You know, folks, there's only one thing to blame. It's the evil in our world. 
and the lack of Christ in people's hearts. You want to change the evil? Preach Christ. Live Christ. Touch people's loves with Christ. Not the type of Christ that beats people over the head, but the type of Christ that reminds people that they're loved and that they're valued and that they have hope in the midst of despair. There is hope. We will pray for those families impacted by the shootings and pray for our nation, a nation that has drifted so far away from Christ and who horribly and desperately needs him. Let's stand and confess our common Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.